Hi everybody, welcome to an episode of Our Context Podcast. So this show's going to be a little bit different because, well, number one, I'm in charge. I know, terrifying, spooky, scary. Really the rabbit one, lead a show. But the reason why this show's going to be different is because you'll notice that we're missing a couple people. Don't worry, they will be on the next episode, but I wanted to have a little bit more in-depth conversation with somebody who makes you think. He asks questions that you normally wouldn't ask yourself, and he makes you think outside the box. Now, you may be wondering, who is this mysterious person? Well, it is the one, the only, the producer, the one who runs the show behind the scenes. Sometimes he gets run over by trains because, well, he's got very independent and strong-willed people working with him. It is the one, the only, Walker AC. How you doing, Adrian? Doing very well. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to 2024. This is the first episode of the Out of Context podcast. Or, Becky, would this be a bonus episode? What, what do you think? I think it should be a bonus episode because it was something that I just kind of came up with off the cuff just a few days ago, and I think I got, for once, thought-provoking ideas. Well, I'm all for it. I mean, this is a special episode between you and I, so why not kick it off big? And let's entertain everyone. So what do you have for me? So my big question for you is, for you, do you make New Year's resolutions closer to, because let's face it, we all make resolutions, whether we want to call them that or not. Do you make them closer to January or do you make them before and you're like, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait till the New Year starts. When everything calms down, it's a fresh start. We're going to start that. Or are you just like, eh, I'm just going to do this because I feel like it. I make mine closer to January because I've always been under the impression that New Year's resolutions always happen on New Year's Eve, whether or not most people believe in it um, or they just take it as just another day. I try to take the time to reflect and New Year's Eve, I sit back and I take inventory of my life and I find out what I want to do for the new year. Now, whether or not it actually comes to fruition is a whole other story. Well, do you have any plans for this new year? Anything that you want to do for your personal self or work-related or hobbies? What do you have planned? Well, personal, like I mentioned on a previous episode, is to make this podcast bigger, taking it more seriously. Five years in, I figure it's time to reward myself and to reward everyone else who puts in the time and the effort out of their busy schedules just to give us an hour plus of their time to do this. So it's a reward for everybody and personally it's more of a fitness goal everyone has fitness goals but um, just want to be in shape to lose weight to prolong life because secret life is basically not dying Um, so that's one of the main things uh, personal personally and professionally Um, what about you do you have any goals set for yourself do actually so i am going to be putting nicotine next week the reason why i'm saying next week is because i work retail i've wanted to quit for a long time now but by the time i was like okay i'm ready i'm doing everything i have to do to make myself mentally prepared for it it was already october 
I was like, it is way too late in the year for me to be doing this with Halloween around the corner, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. So I was like, I'm going to get myself to the second week of January, and then I'm going to do my best to just stop. And another goal that I've got for myself personally is just working on my mental health, getting out of debt. I actually wrote up my finances and stuff. Did you realize that if you have DoorDash, if you ever look at your transactions and you're like, oh, I don't DoorDash that much, and then you're looking at your billing statements and you're like, oh, oh crap, that's where all my money went. Yeah, that was me. We're in the same boat. Oh, I've done DoorDash before. I recently got turned on to it this year by a coworker, and as tremendous as DoorDash is, and how lazy I've become. I've looked at my statements just like you, and I've done it a handful of times, and I realized dropping $30, $40, $50 on food, whereas I can literally hop in my car for half the price and do that. Yeah, that's something I need to slim down my finances, so I definitely understand you on that one. Oh, yeah, because for me, it was this year, well, not this year, last year, I finally took the steps, and I started working on my mental health and my physical health. What that involved was having to go to doctors when I felt ill, going, getting my physical, actually seeking help for my mental health and wanting to put in the time and work. And then I'm like, oh, now I've got all these extra bills. I'm like, okay, not a big deal. And then all of a sudden I was like, why am I struggling financially? So I sat down a couple days ago and I was like, I'm just going to see what are my, what, where's my money going? And I was like, oh, oh no, $12, 14 20 74 I was like, this is all within four days. I'm like, that's where my money went. That's where the money that I was going to put towards important things went poof. And I think that's something that, especially with the holidays and stuff, we just kind of are like, I'm too worn out. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm entertaining people, whether it's physically going to people's houses or having people come over or planning for things and just everything being so energized. It's like a dopamine rush around the holidays, I feel like, because everybody's setting up lights, everybody's excited, everybody's talking. You've got these movies that are like, really lighthearted and stuff that are on and it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like it becomes addictive and you're like oh I'm just gonna and then you get overwhelmed you get overstimulated and you're like I want food but I don't want to cook I don't want to have to go out and get in my car and deal with all the extra traffic so I'm just gonna have somebody bring me my food and it's like oh that that's a dangerous game <laughs> Uh, I've done that. My weakness is Chinese food, and I've ordered way too much than I should have. So I understand the trials and tribulations of that, considering I have this weird thing called an air fryer, and I really should be using it. Uh, being 47 years of age, I think my cooking abilities um, must really be up to par instead of relying on people to bring me food. Um, to me, that's the epitome of lazy, but I'm not going to cast any aspersions because I do the exact same thing. Um, if you don't mind me asking, when we speak about mental health, that's such a broad brush to paint with. So if you don't mind me asking, what goals do you have for yourself as far as mental health? Is it dealing with, for example, anxiety or dealing with certain phobias 
or dealing with the the overall um, well-being of yourself? I mean, is it is it one thing in particular, or is it like the big picture for you? So for me, it's in the end, it's a big picture, but I have to remind myself I'm not going to get better overnight. Um, I had been dealing with a lot of PTSD, so for those of you who don't know, I have been diagnosed with PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, I have ADHD, so on and so forth. I know a lot of us have this stuff. For me, it's dealing with the voices in my head, and it's not schizophrenia voices. It's the ones saying you're being overdramatic, you're too emotional, you're too sensitive, you're making a mountain out of an anthill. Things that were said to me as a young child that still haunt me well into my adult years that I'm just trying to work through. Um, when I was a teenager, I started cutting my arms and stuff. Most people are like, oh, you cut, you're doing it for attention. No, 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 no. I did it for control. I did it to have control over a situation I had zero control over and dealing with stuff that I should not have been dealing with. So I would do it just to stop and think and be able to go, if I'm going to be hurting, if I'm going to be dealing with stuff that I can't handle, I'm going to have a reason for the hurt. I'm going to have a reason for it. And what people don't realize is it can become so addictive because it releases dopamine, it releases serotonin. Like when you're injured, your body can release these chemicals just to protect itself. And it made me think clearly. So one thing I've been struggling with is that still underlying addiction because I haven't cut in over four years since I got with my wife. And at my job, it's very physically demanding. I have to move, throw TVs. I have to move pallets. I have to do all this stuff that people don't realize retail actually, it can be a workout. And I'll end up with cuts in my arms and stuff. And these scars will become more visible because they get inflamed. It's irritates the skin. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing. I forgot about that. And now I want to do it. So it's just kind of like me dealing with not wanting to do that anymore, dealing with the underlying issues. Because when I was in my hiatus, I was actually suicidal. I was dealing with medicine withdrawals because my medicine got screwed up. I was dealing with a lot of these underlying issues. So my goal for this year is to be able to get through these things without having these suicidal thoughts creep in or have these thoughts of physical harm to take control of the situation. Now, the way that I'm doing that is if I start feeling like I'm losing control, I look around my living situation. I'm like, what can I clean? What can I move? What can I take control of? And that's helped me a lot lately. So I think that's just something I'm trying to force myself to continue doing it to the new year is just if I do laundry I have to fold the laundry if I'm doing something I have to finish it and it helps me not think about things as much so that's kind of where I'm at so when this first started with you over the years 
has it subsided more or has it come in spells do you are you okay for a while and then something triggers it not a big fan of that word but something triggers it to where you do it again or is it a particular constant question number one and question number two with your support system does a support system help or hurt you is it of is it a we will get through this or do you do you just need to get over it so are we talking about the addiction that I struggle with with the first question or is it the entire mental health scope so we'll start with the cutting first when you first started doing it like you've explained you, you did it years ago um, so over the years does it does that feeling come and go or is it just still there or do you suppress it so it's a little bit of all three it'll come and go there are days I can go months without thinking about it, without being anxious about it, without it ever crossing my mind. And then there are sometimes when I'm dealing with something that I'm with you, I hate the word trigger, but there's no other way to explain it, but a trigger of my PTSD will hit me. It could be a smell, it could be a sound, it could be somebody or some kind of situation or somebody who looks like somebody from my past and all of a sudden it's like the best way to describe it is my arm feels like it's crawling like there's bugs under my skin and I just want to scratch and claw and get that feeling gone and then I have to remind myself it's not worth it I'll get through it and I have to distract myself Thankfully, it hasn't gotten to that point in a very long time, but there are times when I'll have a cut on my arm and I've had to talk to my wife before because it would be, I come home and there'd be cuts on my arm and she'd be like, what's that from? And her mindset was, is my wife hurting herself? And I had to be like, it's from work. And it would get exhausting having to defend it and be like, it's from work, it's from this, I literally just was doing all this other stuff and I get cut and bruised very easily downside of being a female you know sometimes a support group it mm. helps but other times it doesn't help like thankfully I'm to the point in my process my healing and everything where I can go I need to reach out to somebody because it's not going away and I need somebody to help me, whether it's distract me or talk with me or just be like, you don't need to do that. You've come so far. Remind me of where I come from. And then there's times when I'm like, I just want to be left alone because if I talk about it, I'm going to make it worse. And now when it comes to issues like this, um, you know, the cutting, the anxiety, stuff like that, you mentioned that. If, they, if you start talking about it, it'll make it worse. So moving forward, dealing with these issues, what do you think is the best remedy for it? I mean, do you really think opening up to your wife, for example, or to family or to a counselor, do you think that will make it a little bit easier for you to, to handle it and to eventually stop? It's helped a lot since I started therapy because... As I've explained to my wife, it's an outside source. They don't know me 
on a very personal level. They make, they let me talk. My therapist, she's amazing. Um, I'll talk about things. I'll be like, this is what happened. This is how I handled it. And if I feel like I didn't handle something very well, I'll be like, I know I didn't handle it well, but I didn't know anything else in that moment. She'll be like, well, next time that happens, try doing this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. Other times I've gotten, I've started working on opening up more to my wife. And as you know, too, I've started working on opening up to you and Ashley and Dakota a little bit more. Like, there was a time when I was just getting out of my really bad mental health headspace, and I had talked to you and Ashley, and I was like, this is how I'm feeling, this is why I'm feeling it. Did I handle the situation correctly when it was both of you in one chat? No, but it was a learning experience for me because I learned I can't talk to two people at once about an issue I have because... Again, everybody, if you haven't figured out, I have severe daddy issues. <laughs> Surprise! I'm a millennial female. <laughs> um, my dad and my stepmom, if I had an issue with one of them, they would gang up on me and gaslight me and make it so that I over-explained. I was too scared to say anything. There would be times when I'm like, I'm upset, but I'm not going to tell you why. Because you're just going to tell me I'm being overdramatic, I'm being oversensitive, I'm making something out of nothing. So it was very difficult for me. And it was a major learning experience when I opened up to you and Ashley, because I didn't realize that until after. And I sat back and I was like, oh, oh, that's why I reacted that way, because it was correlated to this. So... Fortunately, healing from years and years of mental abuse and trauma and physical abuse and trauma, it is a constant learning experience. It's a constant growth experience. There can be days when I'm perfectly fine opening up and being like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. And then there's going to be days when I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this until a few weeks down the line when I am no longer thinking emotionally i'm thinking logically and i can be like hey just want to let you know a few months ago when i was acting that way it's because i was in an emotional space where i felt threatened i felt this way it's nothing that you could have done at the time but just for in the future if we can avoid doing abc that would be hugely beneficial for me because it is never this is the biggest thing for me my mental health and my mental emotional well-being is no one else's responsibility it is my responsibility it is mine it's kind of like people going and blaming everybody like oh well you shouldn't have done this and then i would have reacted that way like no 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 that is yours to own and yours to work on and one thing I really value about you as a friend is if I'm like, hey, I don't want to talk about this because this is a trigger for me. I can talk about one-on-one -on -one privately or through text message, but I will not talk about it on a podcast. And you respect that because sometimes being emotionally vulnerable and knowing that like this episode is going out for thousands of people to be able to get their hands on, 
it's terrifying, but at the same time, I think nothing's more important in the beginning of the year than to remind ourselves we have to take care of ourselves. Especially after all the chaos is done and we've got nothing to distract ourselves from our issues. And I agree 100%. Most people focus on other people because it's very easy to do. You focus on your family, your children, your loved ones, your pets. And then once the day is over, you realize you didn't spend anything on yourself and it becomes a pattern. And this is where most of the mental illness comes from. The most, you know, because you're not taking the initiative to really focus on you and focus on what you need to work on and problems start to linger and they build up. And that's when most of the trouble starts. So if this is one of your New Year's resolutions and you conquer it to a point, what would you tell someone that is going through similar things that are you going through? What kind of advice would you give them? You're not weak to reach out. There's this stigma around therapy where you only go to therapy if something's wrong. No, you go to therapy to work on yourself. Um, it's not wrong if you're feeling extremely suicidal. All that I ask is if you're not willing to open up to somebody who you know and trust and say there's nobody out there for like that because I know a lot of issues with Gen Z is they don't connect with people on a very personal level. They don't know how to. And it's no fault of their own. It's the fault of my generation and your generation, the generation before that for going, I don't want to raise this kid. I'm going to let you two do it. And then there's some kids that are extremely intelligent and can have very in-depth conversations. And it's hard for them to find people to talk to. There are other resources for you to reach out to where you could just text somebody and be like, hey, I'm going through issues right now. This is what's going on. I want to end it all. And that person will talk to you until they feel that you're safe enough. If they don't think you're safe enough, well, they'll send out a wellness check on you. And that's okay. It's okay for us to be weak, have moments where we want nothing more than to give up, to hit game over, to not go and hit restart because we all go through a lot of, there's, everybody has a story. There's some people who have a worse story than I have. There's some people who had a lot better than I did, but we are all individual people. And I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to work on yourself. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to take that first step because that first step is terrifying. But once you make it, you're going to be able to work on yourself and get answers for things you didn't know. And I think that's huge. It's just knowing that you've got a safety net, you've got a support group of people. And sometimes if you go out to therapy and stuff and you don't have anybody in your personal life, there's gonna be somebody at least in that therapy building whether it's your therapist or crisis counselor or whoever is giving you medicine and stuff, that's going to be there in your darkest moments where you're like, I don't want to burden anybody else. I don't want to burden my friends. I don't want to burden my family. My issues aren't that bad. I shouldn't be feeling this way. 
but I want to kill myself. I want to hit game over, reach out, at least reach out to somebody because one thing that I'm struggling with a lot lately, especially since I started healing, is the loss of my cousin. He hit game over. He killed himself. And I'm going to tell you this right now. You think nobody cares. Your mother's going to scream. Your father's going to scream. Your siblings, if you have any, are going to be heartbroken. Your, if you have aunts and uncles, they're going to not know what to do. Your friends are going to be always wondering, could I have done something else? So this is a message for whoever is out there that needs to hear it. Stay. Just stay. Keep fighting. The darkness seems like it's engulfing you. Just stay. That sun will rise again. And I agree 100%. One of the main things you've mentioned is that when it comes to mental health is you are aware of it. You have that self-accountability to realize that there's a problem and that you need to reach out and get help. And that's one of the major things. Uh, not a whole lot of people do that. Uh, but once they do acknowledge that they have a problem and they need help, that is a humongous first, humongous first step, like you said. So I'm definitely proud of you for acknowledging it and wanting to take those steps for, you know, to make things better. Because recovery is not going to be easy. But once you do earn that inner peace, it's going to be an amazing transformation. You will see a humongous difference. So I think that will be a great New Year's resolution for you professionally and personally. What other things do you have that you would like to do, if any? Or if those are just the two major things that you want to work on? Those are the two major things, but like for me, on a lighter note, I have a ton of books. <laughs> so many books. Um, my wife is surprised I don't have enough to have a library started. Um, I am what the book community calls a book dragon. I have a horde. It is my <laughs> books. And my goal is to get through one shelf on my bookshelf and read the books from the cover, front cover to the back cover. I want to read it. And I'm a slow reader. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing because like there's people like Ashley who will be like oh yeah I read the Harry Potter books in one night and then there's me who's like um it took me three months to read the first book <laughs> but I think that's just something I want to work on is just read more and I want to break out of my Stephen King little clutches because like Stephen King has like his claws something into me so much because I love his books Mine is the book that I'm reading right now, which is Misery. And that book, I'm just like, hey, this is like pulling teeth, but I'm <laughs> doing it. And the other goal for me is to finish video games that I've started playing, and I never finish them because I have the attention span of a squirrel. I'm going to be hyper fixated on that one nut for a little bit, and then I'm going to go, oh, another nut. I want that one. I'm going to forget about the last one. And I'm just going to have all these nuts buried in the yard. And I'm going to go, well, damn, I got to go back to them at some point. <laughs> uh, I think that's, 
I, I, you know, I, not to interrupt, but I think that applies for everybody. We all have these projects that we started, whether it be last year or a couple of years ago, and we keep telling ourselves we need to finish those projects. And I think putting that challenge out to yourself, that definitely says a lot, especially with the video games. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time because we are busy, busy people. We have so much going on, but sectioning out of time just for ourselves and our pleasure, it's really difficult. So I can definitely relate to you when it comes to video games. I have plenty. But I will let you finish your thought, and then I will speak about my own little personal uh, challenges. Um, yeah, like the video game thing is so hard, too, because like we're in that time where we're searching for dopamine rush. And the second the video game gets to the point where you're like, I'm not interested in this anymore, it's lost my, like, there's, or sometimes these video games are so good, but then you get into them, you're like, oh my god, there's so much. It's overwhelming, it can be overstimulating even, and for me, if I'm playing a video game, for me to go back to it, it needs to be a game where I've got freedom, but I also have like a little bit of restriction like i'm playing far cry 5 again probably for oh god the 10th time and it's one of those games where i've got freedom because i can do the storyline i can go fishing in the game i can do hunting i can buy all these things and just go around and cause chaos whether it's good intention or not in the video game for me it's chaos and i love it and it's one of those games where the storyline just it interests me so much and the fact that i can skip through things if i'm like okay i've heard this a thousand times i don't care it makes me so happy because <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i just made you mad because i didn't want you to finish your thought but guess what i've heard it 500 times and you're annoying <laughs> And then there's some games where you can't skip it, and it's like, oh my god, shut up. Let me just go to the next part. I know what you need me to do. I know what you want me to do. Shut up. So, that's just one of the things that, for me personally, I like having a little bit of freedom, but I also like not being able to have so much freedom or so many tasks where I'm like, oh my god, this feels like a chore, not a pleasure, and I don't want to do this. So, I'm putting you down. <laughs> I definitely understand your pain. I've uh, been wanting to replay for a thing like the 50,000th time, if that is a word, uh, Final Fantasy VII. I've been doing that for a while, and that's just my peaceful safe haven is that game. And you talk about uh, reading books. Uh, my One of my many tasks this year is to finish my book. Uh, not a whole lot of people know um, I'm writing my third novel, and I hit a little bit of writer's block. So I'm going to complete that novel, and I'm going to write a memoir this year. This will be complete, and if I finish that memoir this year, I might write a fourth book. Because I need to get back into I, writing, I need to get back into my painting and artwork. You, you were saying? I did not know that you even had books that you've written before. This is, ooh, <laughs> I am friends with an author. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, yes, I have written three uh, excuse me, I've written one play and two novels, and most of my items are all murder mysteries. Um, I think I explained one um, on, on a podcast about a year ago, 
If you like, I can explain it to you if you'd like, or we can continue our, you know, our journey here of uh, New Year's, our resolutions. I would love to hear about this book because I love murder mysteries. So, like, you know, perked my interest. My ears are perked, and I'm looking at you like, give me that piece of garbage right now. <laughs> Big beady eyes and everything. I'm just like, I'm trying to be cute. I'm a trash panda. I can only do so much. Uh, yes, I will. Yeah, I, I'll definitely entertain you. So, basically, okay, folks, by the campfire, Uncle Adrian has a story. So this was inspired by my brother who's adopted years ago. Um, it's basically a, it's a book called The Three Cokes. And I think I've explained this, I'm not too sure. But in a nutshell, um, a gentleman who gets fired from, from a soda drink factory, we just say Coke, copyright aside, and he puts poison in Three Cokes. And the book goes on three different scenarios one scenario a man comes home from work before he comes home from work he goes by a store and he buys a coke on his way home you don't hear anything because the conversation the words inconsequential it's all you hear is background noise he goes in the house he sees a young lady on the couch um, with her back facing him and you can tell by there we hear shoulders going up and down she's crying he goes into the kitchen, checks dinner, goes into the room, takes care of his kids. After about five minutes or so, he sits down next to the lady who's weeping uncontrollably. And then he says to her, what did I tell you? And then that, and the scene ends. Second scene, um, you know, three skaters are, went to a bodega, bought a Coke, and they're skateboarding, and they're basic troublemakers. One person goes to drink a Coke, his friend slaps it out of his hand. Another person goes to drink his Coke. The skater steps on it with a skateboard. The third skateboarder goes home to his family, and he's talking to his little brother, and he puts the Coke down. The little brother takes the Coke and runs into the other room. Scene is over for that one. The third and final scene, six-year-old girl goes to the store and buys a Coke. And as she's walking down the block, you see all the neighbors and who knows who she is. And they're speaking words to her, but obviously you still can't hear what anybody's saying. She's very well loved in the neighborhood and people are looking out for her. She gets home. She sets the Coke in front of an old man. You don't know who he is or anything of the sort. After a few minutes, he opens it up, looks at her and says, okay, now take off your clothes. And it, and it ends right oh my there. God. So with those three scenarios, it's up to you to interpret what happens in each in each one of the scenarios. Oh my God, that I need that book. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I want to read it because I'm like, I think the only one that I'm like super excited about, like this person's gonna die, is like the last one. Like, ooh, it breaks my interest. <laughs> But see, in your head, you have already you know, you've already come to the conclusion that he's a bad person. But once again, you don't know, and that's the beauty of that story. You come up with anything you know in your mind that you want. Your scenario will be different from Ashley's, different from Dakota's, and this sparks talk. Most movies and books will almost explain everything to you. Will spoon feed you the scenery, the words, everything of the sort. But this one just makes you think. And that's just one of my books I've written. 
I like that because like like I said, the reason why I want to get away from Stephen King is because what you just said, he spoon feeds you everything. I'm like, oh my god. And like some of his books really are thought provoking, like the book It. Like it makes you think. Or the Dark Tower series. I granted I only read fully the first one because second one had a scene that <sighs> right after it bad accident, like they just the low volume stuff i'm like i can't read this <laughs> so i i like that and i'm not entirely surprised either because you do that so well you make people stop and think and have thought-provoking conversations and that's one thing that i love about like you and i having one-on-one talks is it's thought-provoking oh thank but, you we are getting off topic. Yes. We were talking about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> steer steer us back. Steer us back. Not me going and inflating your ego bigger. <laughs> so what, what, what else do you have for us? Well, I want to know about your resolutions and things that you want to work on, like, on a personal level, besides, like, your physical health. Is there anything on a personal level that you're like, I want to work on this. I want to do something. Yes. You mentioned wanting to go back to the gym and eat healthier. And then you mentioned the podcast, but that's good for your body. But I want to know what are you going to do to care for your mind and your spirit? Interesting. I'm normally a very private person when it comes to self-improvement, but the podcast has definitely helped me open up. And it's more cathartic that way, I guess. Um, One of the major things I need to work on, and for people who know me, um, they know that I'm a very forgiving person. Um, Someone can wrong me, or someone I believed that wronged me, and I can compartmentalize it and be okay with it. Sometimes internally, it still sticks. And this happens to everybody. But for me, one thing I'm wanting to work on this year is that internal forgiveness. Not for them, but for me. You know, to allow me to let go of people that are that have wronged me. Because a little snippet is I, I still hold on to bits and pieces of it. And I don't let it go. Because I always have this vision of people will have that aha moment. And they'll come back to me and apologize. Whether this this is a selfish or a narcissistic thing about me, is that I always have faith in people, no matter what. I joke about strangling people or mass homicide, but you know, all in all, I have faith in everyone. You know, even the people that have wronged me or lied or cheated or anything of the sort. A small part of me always wants them to come back. And not necessarily saying I'm sorry or I'm wrong. It's just to come back and have that white out and just delete everything that's happened and be that friend again or be that partner again or, you know, be that relative again. Because it's one thing in your younger age to hold a grudge against someone because a grudge is imaginary. You know, a grudge really does you no good. Anger is a waste of emotion. Now, that's not to say that someone who has who has harmed you physically, who have who who has given you trauma, I'm not speaking about that. So I don't want people to confuse that. 
I'm talking about just words and simple actions like a like you know like a cheating ex or like an insulting best friend or something like that some things that are so superficial that we should be able to get past it and part of me hasn't I haven't gotten past the point where I've forgiven myself for having that that venom towards you know those those, those people for that so internally and that's something that I need to work on, and I'm going to work on that this year. Now, will I reach out to said people that have affected me in a negative way? Probably not, because it's not about them. It's about just me and, and just letting go. Now, I think that what you said is something that everybody struggles with. Um, I know, personally, that is something that I had to work on myself. Um, but I think a lot of people, a lot more people than anyone realizes struggles with that because part of human nature is we have this idealistic vision of how things are supposed to be. And we're willing, even, so, you know how in romance, everyone says you wear rose colored glasses so you don't see the red flags. I think that goes beyond romance. I think that's with everybody. Like, you look at somebody and they're your friend or they're your relative and you've got rose-colored glasses on because there is a level of love and affection for this person. So, I can't understand, like, having venom and, like, not being able to let go of things. And kind of reminds me of the one podcast that you did with Dakota and Ashley about forgiveness and stuff. And I think that is a really good goal. And I think that's something that it's not going to be a one year. And one year, oh, suddenly you're like, oh, I forgive myself for allowing this to happen, for not seeing it happen, for letting it happen for so long. I think that's going to be something that is kind of like you're grieving the loss of the relationship. And just like grief, it comes in several stages because you had this idea and you had this vision and it got crushed and forgiveness for yourself I think is a really good goal because that's something I'm going to be working on myself is because I have these ideas and visions of things and then people turned around and didn't do it and I have to sit back and go it wasn't my fault and that's okay, and it's okay that I allowed this to happen. It's okay that they did this. It's not okay at the same time. And I think that's something that we all struggle with is finding acceptance and forgiveness and realizing that you're allowed to be mad, but you're not allowed to let it consume you. Yeah, so that's one of the major things that you're right, that a whole lot of people have a hard time doing. And I liken it to something I found out a couple of years ago, excuse me, Um, I watch a lot of Japanese Asian horror movies. And and one of the crux of those horror movies is grief, grief and anger and despair. That does wonders for the human psyche. That's where most horror movies stem from because people cannot deal with their pain internally. 
So it turns out that, you know, you know, hurt and haunted souls come out and they attack you or your loved ones or something like that because you cannot deal with the internal pain you have inside of you. And that resonated with me for a while. That's why I really had to sit back and take this time and go, I need to forgive myself. Now, that's not to say, of course, the grudge is going to come on and attack me. But no, I just need really <laughs> just to sit down and figure things out and wonder why that I hold on to certain things. Because I acknowledge that when these things happen, that I can say, okay, I could have done this differently. Or certain parts were actually my fault. you know. Or maybe if I would have done something different, the outcome would have changed. Your basic shoulda, woulda, coulda. But looking back at it now, you're like, okay, I have to fix me. And I have to really work on this and take care of it. Because on the other side, you look at the other, the other, you know, the other spectrum, I guess, the people that you believed have wronged you really couldn't give two shits about you at this point in time. So why are you holding on to that dead energy or those dead emotions? Why are you still holding on to that? There are reasons for it. There are a plethora of reasons why people still hold on to things. And it's the true sense in the word of recovery if you can let all that stuff go. So, and you're absolutely right. Once again, it's going to take not just 2024 to, you know, to handle that. It's going to be a couple, it's going to be a couple of years because as strong as, as strong as we are as humans, we're not that strong for it to be fixed in one year. So that's one of my other goals here. So I go through the checklist here, video games, books, and healing demons. Okay. I think that will uh, cover my 12 months there. If I have any extra spare time, um, I'll think I'll work on the whole uh, you know, fixing my debt thing. Yeah, the debt thing is like huge. And I think that's something that whether anyone wants to admit or not, we are in a silent recession or a silent depression, depends on who you ask. But one thing that there's this book out, it's a self-help book. Now, I hate self-help books because the self-help books what they do is they focus on everything that you lack in and you hyper fixate on it. And I think that is so toxic. Like if I hyper fixated on my anger and my anxiety, it would make it so much worse. But there's this really good self-help, like self mental health book out called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And I love it because part of one of the chapters was when there's self-help books out there, they focus on what you don't have. You don't go and realize and appreciate the things that you do have. And I think that's one thing that I really, for my mental health journey, I want to work on that. I want to work on not giving as much of a fuck about what other people think and how other people perceive me because I want to be that good person. I want to be that person that can give somebody the shirt off their back and who is good and pure, but at the same time, I've got my faults. I've got my anger issues. I've got my anxiety. I got my self-doubt. And I have to, this year I wanna focus on really like I said not giving a fuck like it is what it is and 
what could I have learned from it? I think that's something huge this year that people are going to have to really step back and go, what did this interaction give me that I can learn from? What did this relationship give me that I need to work on? And no matter what, it's like, whether it's us playing video games or reading or going for walks or working out and stuff, I think the main resolution everybody has that nobody wants to or doesn't realize is we have to work on fixing our toxic traits. Whether everybody wants to admit it or not, we are all very toxic in our own way. I know I'm a big I know I've got toxic traits. That's one of the reasons why I'm in therapy is because hmm, <laughs> the fact that my wife has agreed to marry me is, whew, she is a saint. And <laughs> because I didn't realize how toxic I was until I'm like, why am I blowing up about nothing? Why am I reacting with anger? Why am I angry all the time? And then it's looking back and going, oh, oh, that's me. There is an underlying emotion there. I need to work on this. Other people, it's I want, I want, I want, I want. And then they get in debt. And then in order for them to get out of debt, they have to work on their underlying issue, which is greed or gluttony. And then, or if it's, oh, door dashing, it's our sloth. Like, I think the biggest thing is whether... Something I realized, and I know this is getting a little bit off track, but all of us have a primary sin that we have, whether we realize it or not. People are addicted to sex, their primary, or they cheat and stuff. Their primary sin is lust. People who are like me, my primary sin is wrath. Other people, it could be sloth, gluttony, pride. And I think that's something that I think that people can go, this is my primary sin. This is how it revolves around me and work on it in ways so that aren't you just focusing on the anger. Like for me, it's okay. I'm angry. Let me take a step back. Why am I angry? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I thirsty? Did I take my medicine? Focus on those first. That's one thing that I've got to work on is ask myself, am I taking care of my physical being before going, hey, it's a mental health issue. All right. I know something I got to work on. We'll put a pin in it. We'll come <laughs> back to that when we can. But I don't know. I think it's interesting listening to some people's primary resolutions and then when you ask them why it's like uh that's what you gotta work on mm -hmm. well to to touch on um what you mentioned earlier about the art of not giving a fuck um i made a joke many years ago something happened the moment i turned 40 something magical happened and you will experience too it's called the fuck it 40s and what, and what that is, you will basically not give a fuck about anything when you're 40 years old. It's not that you don't care. It's just that you will prioritize what you will allow to mess with your emotions. 
you know, you will understand that anger is a waste of the emotion. You'll understand that when people want to get into a debate with you, a bad faith debate, you're going to ask yourself, what's the, what's the end goal of this? And you'll quickly pull yourself out of the debate because it really does nothing, really doesn't benefit you. You know, or, you know, you would take yourself out of situations that will just never benefit you anymore. And you'll focus on your own happiness. And it's not a selfish thing because obviously, you know, your marriage is number one, first and foremost. And I believe that when you and her will get to that age, you guys become more and more closer together already because nothing will rock the boat. Nothing will stand in your way of happiness, stand in your way of peace, because you're just not going to give a fuck what anybody has to say that is not in your circle. And it happened to me, I guess. It affected me different more than most, because as for the very brief period that you'd known me, my voice really didn't change that much of an octave. I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't get into bad faith debates with anyone because it doesn't benefit me. Um, I'm not going to put myself in the ground because of someone else's opinion of me. And it's just not worth it. So for that, you know, that is my fuck at 40. That's, that's my book I don't really need to read because I've been through it. Um, and there's another point which escaped my memory because I'm getting old. But, uh, <laughs> so. Oh boy, Grandpa Adrian is coming in. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. My dementia is kicking in. Uh, so with that, the 2024 um, you know, New Year's resolutions, my main question for you is, do you think these goals can be achieved or at least 80% of it? I do, actually, because at least I've been working on it. It's not something that I was like, Oh, I'm just not going to work on it until January. I was like, okay, January is coming. I've, I want to do this. I want to, the way that I see, I, this kind of came to me today. I was like, each year's a book. I'm like, how do I want to start the next book? Do I want to start it the same way I have every other year and go, why isn't it working? Or do I want to try something different? And as I started working on myself on several levels, professionally, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, is just slowly starting the process. And I think it's because of me starting that process, I'm able to go, these goals are achievable. I've got a plan. I wrote everything out. Like with my finances, I wrote out all my major bills. I wrote out plans on how I'm going to handle them. I wrote out goals I have for each month, what I'm going to pay off. And then it's like, okay, once I work on that, I can work on this and then I can work on this. And it's kind of like the snowball effect, like where you work on your smallest debt and then you put that money that you would put towards that small debt into your bigger debt. And you would take that money that you were taking from that past debt and put it into another debt. And it's hard, definitely very hard, because I'm one of those people where I'm like, I want something, I'm going to get it. I'm very impulsive with that. 
What can I say? It's who I am. I see shiny trash. I want it. <laughs> and that, I will bite anybody who gets my way. That is our special um, raccoon. Yes. But it's me having to force myself to take a step back and go, all right, I'm going to allow this to be a reward. I've got a pair. So right now I've got a pair of AirPods. And my current pair, it's on the some days they work great other days it sounds like back when i was a teenager and i had the wired airpods and everything and the headphones start going and like you have to have it at a certain angle for the sound to come through otherwise it sounds like garbage those of you who have never dealt with wired headphones you are blessed enjoy mm -hmm. it and so what i did was i bought a pair of headphones while they were on sale i have one thing that walmart does that i really do appreciate is they give us an extra 15 percent off once a year for one major purchase and my wife and i did this big haul and i was like i'm getting these headphones i'm gonna put them on top of the fridge and that's gonna be my reward for reaching a goal so each one of my goals when i reach them I'm getting myself a reward because I'm like, I'm going to be working on this. This is something I need to see and be like, I want this. I'm going to get it, but I can't get it until I reach these other goals. Now that's good for the physical ones, like the debt, or if you're doing weight loss, being like, okay, once I lose 20 pounds, I'm going to get myself a tattoo or I'm going to get a new phone or whatever. Treat yourself. Within reason, treat yourself. The mental health goals, I want to be able to look back and go, I did not want to kill myself at all this past year. Do I think it's an obtainable goal? Yes. Do I think it's going to be extremely difficult? Oh yeah, because it is me, like I said, this past, last year, I was already starting the process. I've got these in I call it as, I look at it as like an infection. It's a bone deep infection. And once you start opening up the wound and you start peeling those scabs off to let it ooze out, sometimes it's going to come out a lot quicker than you expected. And you kind of go be like, okay, we're done. We're done. We're going to let it heal a little bit and then we're going to go back to it. And that's very challenging. And I think if I can do that. What I want to do for myself is I want to get a tattoo, a very memorable, meaningful tattoo. The nicotine thing, honestly, it's just one of those things where I'm sure you notice I would hit my vape several times throughout a podcast. Yes. Because when I get anxious, I, it's one of my coping mechanisms. But at the same time, it became so unhealthy that I am so addicted to it that if it was alcohol, I would be being sent to rehab. And that is a huge thing for me is realizing I'm seriously addicted. I need to stop. This is going to suck. <laughs> so <laughs> that is one I'm not looking forward to. But I told myself, even if I'm my goal right now is to just get until February let's see here when am I doing this again when am I starting this 
Give me a second. I gotta pull up a calendar because I gotta see because I'm not good. <laughs> well, sure. Why you pull up your calendar? Um, but you have a few suggestions for people out there who are looking to set goals. So, for example, what I did was I wrote a note to myself. Now, just take this ride with me. You write a note to yourself with all your goals and aspirations for the year. This is a reminder of what you need to focus on. And as you achieve every goal, you mark it off your list and you keep on going. You do this list every single year because every single year you're going to have something that you're going to need to work on. And so I strongly recommend that. And every morning you wake up, you take 15 seconds to look around your room or to look around your living space and just take a deep breath for 15 seconds and just realize and understand what you have or what you, and what you worked hard for. Not most people focus on the little things in their life because they're too busy worrying about the big things. So I recommend people do those two little things right there and you'd be surprised how much your day will change. I think that's a really good idea. But for me, my first goal with the nicotine quitting, so I'm going to be quitting on Sunday, which is the 7th. If I make it to February 7th without nicotine of any kind, that's awesome. And I'm going to renew that goal for every month. If I don't reach it, all right, that's fine. We'll start over. We'll do it again. And I think that's one thing, too. It's like just because you trip on one of your goals that you have for yourself, don't give up on that goal and go, great, now I got to wait till January to do it again. Don't do that to yourself. Don't make it that it's all or nothing. We're human. It's going to be one of those things where we're going to trip up. Set reasonable goals. Don't be like, oh, it's January. I weigh, say, 300 pounds. Come September, I want to be down to 190. That is not a reasonable goal for yourself. Speak for yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where don't do it for the wrong reasons. Do it for the right reasons. Like, one of my goals is I want to stop eating fast food as much. Now, am I going to make a side never eat fast food again? No. No. People don't want to know what it's like to work with me after I've had a stressful day at work and I'm on lunch and I want McDonald's. I'm getting my fucking McDonald's <laughs> so help me God I will chew somebody's arm off. <sighs> because that's one thing that makes me happy. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it. Now, thing is, I had to realize, okay, if I have McDonald's, say, like I did today, I'm not going to allow myself to have McDonald's again until Friday. That is a small, short-term goal. Eventually, it's going to be, okay, I have McDonald's on Friday. I'm going to wait till next Friday. And it's okay if come Wednesday, I'm like, I really want McDonald's because I'm having a really bad day and I'm going through nicotine withdrawals. Like, you you got to give yourself grace. I think that's one thing we all have to do this year, too, is give ourselves grace. You don't reach a goal in the timeline that you have. Look back and see what you were doing. Look for the lessons. Be like, is was that even a reasonable goal I set for myself? 
Was there stuff that was out of my control that stopped me from getting there? What can I do differently? Don't just be like, oh, I didn't reach it, so I'm just going to give up. Another failed resolution. Woohoo! <laughs> like, we're human. Shit happens. As much as we all want to think that we're gods, which we're, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're, def- I, we're definitely not going to touch, definitely not touch that one, folks. <laughs> like, I say I'm a rabbit raccoon. Doesn't mean that I can go out and shoot people's arms off and bite them and give them rabies just for shits and giggles. That would be be entertaining if you did. I mean, you identify as a raccoon, so it's okay. I I acknowledge and respect that, so I will address you as such. But I guess the main thing is this year, give yourself grace. Make yourself have reasonable goals. And like you said, Adrian, write your goals down. I had to sit down and write out my finances and see when things were due and what are the primary things that I am going to not just give up. Like I have Spotify. I spent $15 a month on Spotify. Why? Because if there's an ad, I lose all interest and I want nothing to do with it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. This is annoying. I want to jam out and listen to music. I want to be able to pick what I listen to. And I want to be able to listen to audiobooks sometimes that I don't pay money for. And I want to listen to podcasts and not have an ad playing and going, hey, this conversation is getting really deep. Oh, there's an ad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Lose my interest. I'm done. Moving on to the next thing. Spotify is one of the things I'm keeping. But I wrote everything out. I wrote out goals for each month. Goals that are reasonable that aren't going to make me go, I just screwed myself and I can't pay my other bills because I paid off this one thing. Oh, no. I think that's the main thing is make them reasonable. Don't beat yourself up too badly if you fail. If one of your goals is to, if you're like me, you're, one of your goals is quit nicotine and you make it, two weeks and then you're like i can't do this anymore you made it two weeks that is badass make your next goal three weeks you can trip you can fall down get back up brush yourself off go why did i make it past two weeks this is why cool i'm prepared for that next time we're gonna go for three weeks make it reasonable and that's definitely some really good advice. Not bad at all, Becky. Oh, thanks. I, I have my moments sometimes. <laughs> I'm not always thinking about ways of killing people and ruling the world and causing mass mayhem. Well, I mean, this shows that uh, the camp we send you to, um, it worked. It did its job. And it gave you the confidence. Um, and it gave you the modesty to, to do a show for over an hour with us. So, I mean, so definitely kudos to you for that. I know, like, I'm really shocked that, like, I actually was like, hey, I have this idea for a show. I know how I want it to run. Let's do this. And it was also refreshing, too, because you were like, yeah, let's do it. I want to do this. So, but I feel like we're getting to the point where we're beating a dead horse (laughs) with the resolution goals and stuff. But, and I know I've touched up on mental health and stuff, but. 
people this next month is going to be super rough, especially if you're like me, you have depression and stuff, and not having anything to distract yourself with. Cool. Please, if you need to, reach out to somebody. Um, there are plenty of resources out there. Reach out to somebody. This year will not be the same without you in it. Don't okay. ever let somebody take your shine away. And if you, need to, if you need to reach out to somebody, don't mean to interrupt. If you need to reach yeah, out to ahead. somebody, reach out to us. You know, reach out to the Out of Context podcast. Reach out to us. There's a link down below in the description. You can email us. You can talk to us. And if it gets really difficult, if you need a sounding board, we'll invite you on the show. Don't have to say your name or anything. Just talk. And we'll listen. If you want feedback, we'll give you feedback. If not, we will shut the fuck up and just let you talk. And I do have an email that if people want to send me an email and just know that it's not going to be sent anywhere. It's not going to be on Reddit or suddenly it's on TikTok and, or YouTube and people are going, oh my God, did you write this? You can email me. It is raccoonrabbit695 at gmail.com. Please feel free to send me an email. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to go into too much detail if all you need is just to let it out and have some know that somebody out there is going to read it. I'll read it. If it's something that you want us to discuss on next podcast, I don't know. Depends. I'll talk with Adrian and the other co-host and we'll see if it's something that we feasibly can do. Just know that this next year, it won't be the same without you. Somebody out there is going to miss you, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. You don't, don't hit game over. You're a lot stronger than you give yourself credit for. You're going to have stuff thrown at you that you cannot handle on your own. Reach out to somebody. There's plenty of resources. There's things, if you don't want to, call somebody there's suicide hotlines where you can just text you can reach out to me again that's raccoon rabbit 695 at gmail.com i'm not gonna be your best friend not gonna lie but if you need somebody just to send something to feel free to it's not that and if i don't respond don't take it personally. I have severe ADHD and I will forget that the email even exists. But I will check up on you. I will send you an email back and say thank you for reaching out. Because that is so much more courageous than you know. It's more courageous to reach out than it is courageous to give up. And you are not failure. You're not lose you're not a loser, you're not a failure. You are needed in one way or another. You're going to be needed in your story. Your troubles is going to be something that you can tell somebody and it can help them get through something in the future. You might not realize it now, but it could help somebody in the long run. So just keep fighting. Don't give up. And that is awesome. You definitely have us. You have multiple ways of getting help. Dial 211. That will connect you to a free therapist actually over the phone. That helps as well. So 
So, Becky, uh, as we wrap up here a little bit, do you have any final words for anyone? Anywhere they can find you to look at some of your some of your gaming streaming or anything of the sort? Um, so I gave up on streaming for now. That might be something I pick up again later on. But you can always, again, you can email me. Even if you just want to say hi and share a funny thought or something that you want to hear us discuss, go ahead and send me an email. Um, and biggest thing that I think everybody needs as a resolution this year is don't be an asshole. <laughs> that is our mantra here at the Out of Context <laughs> Podcast. Don't be a dick. Uh, you can find us under walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. And, of course, you can find us uh, wherever you stream your favorite podcast, whether it be iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcast, everything in between. This has been the special episode of out of context i might change that to a conversation with becky and me who knows but this is a special episode for the first of the year and we we are so glad that you chose to listen to us to download the show to share to interact and we do appreciate it so i am going to take a step back and i'll let becky um give us the final adieu the final word before we shut this down for the evening well Thank you, everybody, for listening and dealing with rambles. And again, thank you for joining us and being a part of the first episode of the year. And stay tuned because there's going to be a lot more shenanigans and a lot more mayhem and plenty of more lighthearted content. I know this one got a little bit deeper than I had intended myself personally, but I digress. Again, thank you for joining us, and everybody have a great rest of your day, evening. Sleep well if you're going to bed, or good luck if you're going to work. We all know you need it. (laughs) And this has been the Out of Context Podcast. Good night, everyone.